Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 88, Courtside Indiana podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, joined as always, Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week, my man? Uh, you could probably guess. Girl soccer. Of most of what's happening, yeah. A lot Teaching of girls. COVID. COVID act stuff, masks, mask mandate in school, the whole. Do, do we need to have a know. Carmel school board update? Do we need that every week now? That might that might need to be added to the agenda, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to troll those troll those MFers till they go away. I'll use other li- I it's yeah, it's a joke. Um anyway, um Yeah, that's the only excitement this past week as far as, you know, Carmel go. Charlie Williams committed last week. We um and then the rest of it's been about the school board, so it's about as deep as we should get into it in this podcast, but I like to bring it up because I like to take my shots every now and then. So um, we are going to talk about what big guys this week, right? Yeah. 2022s guys that may be a little under recruited. Yep. Um, then, then the next starting next week, we're going to have fall league updates uh, at the very least. Chris Spillman, who's joined us in the past few times will join us. Again, for the entire month, he's going to be covering the fall league as, as well as myself, as much as I'm going to be able to watch. Um, so we will have, I don't know, we may do some of the same stuff we've been doing here where we're sort of recording in different segments. So we're going to do the same things we've done the last three weeks. We're going to do the recruiting stuff. Then you and I are going to talk about some Northern Indiana big kids. And then um, hopefully tomorrow, Nick, or later to, late tonight, Nick will be able to join me and break down the rest of the, uh, the bigs in that class. And, uh, we'll, we'll, um, we'll have a pretty good, uh, pretty good discussion with them. So go ahead and get us up to date on recruiting and we'll go from there. Yeah. We had one commitment and a handful of offers. Uh, Grant Brown from Fort Wayne Snyder had a Rose Holman offer. Colin Comer, who's already got an Indiana East offer, picked up a D two offer from Fairmont state. Um, Raiden Faust from Northeastern got a Franklin offer. Logan Imes, a 2023 guy from Zionsville. I messed that up on Twitter also. Not, not going to talk about it. You had a he rough had a day State. yesterday on Twitter. Yeah, I you? did. Sunday was rough for me. Yeah. Right, so anyway. I think I, announced, I think I announced the first ever high school basketball trade in Indiana. I don't uh, – Yeah. When you said yeah, was my Logan Ives with the Carmel, I was like, man, I didn't. So we yeah. must have like been sent him a player to be named later. It was such a bad day. I went to so Col- Logan. Sorry, I have to buy Coach Coach House some flowers or yeah, something. Coach House, sorry, send him over some bagels. Anyway, I mean, Ims, could, Ims could go to Carmel. <laughs> I'd be all right with that. Coach House, point guard, got offer from Penn State from Coach <laughs> Shrewsbury. Yeah, uh, he's twenty twenty three. Carson Jenkins from Fort Wayne Snyder. 2022 got a Fairmont State offer. He's getting those D2s now. Uh, Kaleo Kakalia from Mishawaka Marion up here by me. Albion offer. Sam Orm, who is a 2023 kid from Carmel, got an Elon offer. Joe Reedy stays in that Crossroads League NAI offer range. Uh, got a Marion offer. Trent Sicily, a 2025, got a Purdue offer. So a young buck there. We know his brother. Yes, absolutely. and then well, we we know Trent. <laughs> you, yeah, he's good. We'll we'll you finish up, and then we'll. Yes, uh, and then our commitment this week was Will Loving's Watts from Jeffersonville, committed to Drake. Yeah, the Loving's Watts was that that's that's a good level for him. I mean, the Missouri Valley is a great league. I, I don't know that um, there wasn't a whole lot of talk circling around him waiting to see if he would sneak into any, any high majors. 
but but yeah, the he uh, Missouri Valley I think is a great situation for him and f- for him. You, you have you seen him much? Uh, not at all, unfortunately. Not not no. really. Yeah, he's he's extremely long, extremely quick first step, um, and shoots it well enough that you. I mean, he's that was his weakness, but he he shoots it well enough now. You've got to get you've got to get out on him. He's not really a guy that's going to shoot jump shots off the dribble. If he puts the ball on the floor, he's looking to get to the paint. And then from there, he's just got a variety of ways he can finish. And, and I, I think that in June, when I watched him play, I think he had done a better job of, of finding other people, you know, finding people off the dribble. Um, and, but they've also got razor Moore, and they've got another guard. That's pretty good. And, and so they're going mean, to Jeffersonville is going to be good again this year. I don't know how much size they really have, um, but, They've got skilled perimeter players, that's for sure. So uh, the Sisley one, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, he's he's not a no-brainer yet. He's pretty damn good, and, and we're going to – we should talk a little bit about – I wish that we could have gotten another set of eyes at the, um, at the Prep Hoops top freshman camp because it would be good to discussion rather than just have me – blather on about the, the the six or seven kids there that I really like. I mean, I liked a lot of them. 2025 is stronger than 2024 in, in my opinion. And it's the, the, the kid, the two kids in question are Trent Sisley and, and uh, Jalen Henderson or Jalen Harrelson, excuse me. Uh, Harrelson goes to Fishers. Uh, Sisley is at Heritage Hills where obviously his brother went. I mean, Sisley's pretty complete for a kid this age. He does everything for at, at this level. I mean, he does, I mean, he's going to have a tremendous career at Heritage Hills. And look, I, I think he, unless he just completely just doesn't get any better, it's the only way he won't be a high major. But but there's still going to be – if he doesn't get to be as big as his brother, as he, he could end up being that weird tweener. But then you see the way he shoots the ball and you think, eh, you know, he's his floor at that point would be a very, very skilled power forward. And that's got a spot at the high major level, um, especially because I think I don't think he's going to quit growing. Um, but he is um, he's just a very different player than his older brother. And in, in a lot of not that I mean, we all like you know, Blake was really good. Trent's different in a lot of ways. And um, I, I, I don't think it's a bad idea for high majors to start getting involved Um I may have waited until he played his first high school game, <laughs> but I don't know that Heritage Hills plays people that are going to, that are going to change what people think of him for the, for the better. Like in terms of, can he guard this type of guy? Can he guard, you know, he's not going to get a lot of that on their schedule. He, he will get some quickness, um, you know, out of the bigger schools in the Evansville area, but it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be just D one, kid after d1 kid like it like it would be if he was you know in the mick or or in those mid mid teens when evansville was loaded so um i'ms this is going to be if he doesn't if he goes far away from home i'll be surprised if he doesn't go to penn state he's got a relationship with coach shrewsbury's brother he's got really good friends with with Braden. They played. They played together in AAU before Braden moved to Pennsylvania. I'll be curious to see what uh, what Micah does with with Braden in that regard this year because they can they could probably still finagle an Indiana address pretty easily. <laughs> His parents probably live in the same house they did when when Micah was at Cathedral. Um, but you know Logan and Braden are really tight, and obviously it, he would be very comfortable going to Penn state, at least in terms of being around coaches or coaching staff that knows him really well. And he would have a built-in teammate or a built-in friend as a teammate. So uh, the, the, the Butler offer was a nice step for him. And, and this Penn state offer into the big 10 is um, I, I think that's a pretty good landing spot for him. If he were to, I mean, how I could see him, I could see him committing to either one of those schools uh, earlier than normal. Um, but you know, both those guys are, or both those schools are great situations for him. So 
Are we missing the boat on Reedy? What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, I like Reedy. I like, I like his his motor. He I mean, plays let's just, hard all the time. All right, let's let's stop. Let's because this is what's going to happen. We're going to talk about power forwards and centers yep. in 2022. So we're going to start with Reedy. All right. Um, and I just wanted to let the listeners know that that's it's we sort of really it's a great segue into what we're doing. So go ahead. Re, to me, Reedy is a little is under recruited. Yep. Uh, no, we talk glowingly about Crossroads League. We talk glowingly about NAI schools in Indiana. I think Joe Reedy is under is under recruited and like that dude that has the lemonade stand and he makes this statement and says, tell me, you know, prove me wrong. You know, I mean, doesn't have division two offers. He doesn't, he hasn't had a lot of low D ones looking at him. Um, but man, I just really like his skill set for his size. Am I wrong? No, I mean, I agree. I mean, he's, he's, added the outside shot along with a couple other guys we're going to talk about tonight too. But uh, I mean, he's tough. He's already got the body for it. I think NAI is great level for him. I mean, it's going to be a steal for any of these guys in the crossroads yeah, league. I Definitely. Agree with that. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure why more crossroads league guys aren't on him. I mean, some systems, maybe he doesn't fit. Maybe they're not sure what he guards. I mean, that kind of thing. Um, I understand that there, there might be a couple off of him, but yeah, others should definitely be on him. And maybe even, I mean, is he a UND kid? Is he that good, you think, to be a D2 guy or or, or not? I mean, I certainly think that he, I mean, I think he could play in the GLBC. That's, I mean, that's where I, my mind goes with it. So when I, when I think of a kid could play at the Division II level, I automatically think GLBC uh, just because that's, it's a great league and it's the one that's here. Uh, obviously, right. there's, there's the um, I'm going to I don't know the name of the league that has like, you know, Northwood and, and all those schools up in Michigan primarily. But but I mean, I just think he would be six, 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 seven. Is he am I overhyping his size a little bit? Is I, he, I'd say that sounds right. He, he's not. I mean, he's decently long. He can shoot it. He puts the ball on the floor pretty well. I mean, he's not playmaking off the dribble. Right. But he's also not forcing bad shots off the dribble. So he's not going to. And he'll take it. He's not, not out there dropping dimes, but he is going to be in a situation where he's going to be strong enough to with the ball that if he gets if he gets cut off, he can stop and then and make the next, you know, make the next play. Right. Um but I don't know. I, I just I like him a lot. I don't doesn't mean I mean I, I think there's some maybe there's some issues laterally that I don't necessarily agree with. Right. Um but but I mean, I, and I just, I think I've seen the kid do it against competitive in competitive situations. And, and maybe there have been some times when he've played when he's played better kids and just, and struggled. And I just haven't seen it yet. Um, and I will admit, it's not that I've seen a ton of him uh, in the summer when he's not playing right here in Indy. So, uh, which, you know, gives me about maybe three viewings a year, four viewings a year. And then, and then I might, you know, sees, you know, some film on school, you know, in school. So anyway, I, yeah, that's my thought. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't see why something even like it. And you're saying in Michigan, like a Hillsdale or something like that isn't on him D2 wise. Yeah. I mean, that's it's the same. I mean, that's the same type of situation. I mean, really. Um, sorry. It's literally one of the parents were about ready to talk. The kid were about ready to talk about is texting me. Um, but yeah, the, I, I don't know. I just, I like him. I, I've got a D2 projection on him. I, I think that's a good spot for him and, and, you know, but look, he's like you said, he'd be really good in the crossroads league. And I, and I, it's not like, I think he would go in the crossroads league and just like dominate it or even, oh, yeah, no, or even start or even start right away. But right. Um, and, and there's, there's times where there's not a whole lot of difference between the middle of the GLVC and, and the top of the crossroads leagues. Uh, so um, that's, that's why they snag a lot of really good talent. And Joe Reed yep. is going to be a good fit in that league. And uh, I would just like to see D2 schools take a look and, and some, I mean, he just seems like he would be like great in the Patriot league or, or, 
I don't know. I, I, the Ohio Valley. <laughs> I don't know. I just like him. I'm just, he would be a kid I'd have on my team and uh, sure. I'd love to have my, you know, power forwards, big, big D one kid and all that. And, yep. but he would be on there probably being that good versatile forward that plays behind him, beside him, whatever on a, on a really good AAU team. I've been surprised he's not played with Indy, the top team uh, up at Fort Wayne, up at Spies. So um oh speaking of speaking to you india we forgot that commitment earlier sean oh from Tupolo, from brown brownsburg yeah below Tupoloa. yeah i forgot to mention him he um i, I love his length i love his, i mean he's he's still pretty raw um he is going to get a large dose of ball screen motion at brownsburg this year unless something changes there and he's gonna get a he's gonna get a chance to be a rim run big, which that's that has value. And you know, look, that's that's a kid that, as far as I know, is relatively new to the game. He's only been in Indiana or the U.S. Uh, let me let me say this: he's only been in Indiana for a couple of years. He is not. I don't know how how long he's been in the U.S., but it's definitely not been his whole life. So. Um, I thought at one point he was supposed to go to Westfield, but then he showed up at, he showed up at Brownsburg. So, so, so I mean, I like that for you, Indy, cause I think he's got some upside. Sure. And I'm, I'm looking at our lists here for power forwards. And I see Javon Buchanan has a UND offer. And I, I'm curious what you think about him uh, compared to a Joe Reedy, like we just discussed. Um, Different players, obviously. I mean, look, I, I think that there's a lot of skill that, Buchanan was is a move in Lafayette, Jeff. He was originally from Indiana. He went out to Utah, Arizona, Utah, Arizona, and then came back. Really good in the Charlie Hughes Invitational at Carmel. That was mostly played at Carmel. That's where I sat my butt the entire weekend. But um, he very, very gifted offensively. Defensively, right now, just takes a lot of plays off. And I, and I don't know if that's you know, it was a new environment or, he, or June was just June, but I mean, he, he, if he could make a play, like if he could block a shot, he would block a shot. But if it was chasing his guy around the floor, staying down in stance, being stuff like that, it wasn't, it, it just wasn't there yet. Now, again, there's a long way to go between June and November. I think skill wise, offensively, he's, he's intriguing. You know, he's six, seven, he can shoot it. He can handle it. I mean, he's not going to be a primary ball handler, but he could be a matchup ball handler. Um, he's, I mean, he's a good passer. I don't see him playmaking again. I don't see him making plays off the dribble. I think he puts the ball on the floor. He's looking to score. And he's, and I, I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Reedy, <laughs> I think. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I just, um, if there's a different level of athleticism with Buchanan, and I don't, I think Buchanan would would be good in the GLBC. If there's a different level athletically, he didn't show it in June. Um, pretty casual kid, pretty casual ball player, pretty smooth. And sometimes we can mistake smooth for um, not working hard. So to be fair to him, that that does happen. And when you only get a chance to watch, you know, it's, I've seen him play twice. Uh, UND was certainly impressed with his offensive skill. And, you know, there's – look, I think we all think we can teach kids to shoot. I think we all think we can teach kids to play defense. You know, and and the level of buy-in, you, you never really – you never truly know on, on situations until you get them. Right. right. And so that's – you know, he could be um, – you know, he could go there and really start buying in. Well, I mean, he's going to have to look if Lafayette Jeff's going to do what they did last year, he's going to have to be the big reason why. And um, he um, offensively, I think he can get it done, but I still like Reedy better than him. And I mean, I think we've got to evaluate where we have him on our list, but, um, but he is, he's definitely, I, I think I just would rather have Reedy just because it's just a little bit of an intangible side of it too. So, right. Right. Uh, Bon Traeger, Cademan. Yep. Got would, a ton of action going on. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he's, seems to he's kind of that D2 level, right? He's, he's got the kind of recruiting that I think Reedy should have. I think it should be the mix. I would have viewed Reedy as the mix between D2 and, and the really good NAI programs. 
and Bontrager's getting that option and he's going to have to, he'll make decisions based on opportunity, based on fit, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you kind of, you, you kind of talk to them a little bit. I mean, yeah, I, I don't expect you to, you know, out his priorities as far as recruiting goes, but, but his, he's athletically right. Pretty good. He's at, he's a good athlete. I mean, yeah, he's a really good athlete. He's, he's got it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. He's putting, no, you, yeah, extending his, extending his shot. So he's good, good from like free throw line right now, but he's also added a three point shot. So he's get that, getting that in the game, getting a couple bounces to the basket. Also, he can do that now. So, I mean, he's really expanding his game. He's got good length. His strength is coming along nicely also. So he's got that nice D2 frame or NAIA frame, whatever you want to say. I mean, he, he's just solid with the ball, I feel like, now too. He, he can put his back to the basket a little bit. And I, I agree that he's, his offers are right there, probably where they should be with the D2s and the, the NAIAs. <clears throat> Yeah, and I, I hate to bring everything back to Reedy. I, I just think that that's you – now, they are different players. They are – Right, you know, definitely. Some, some could even say the Bontrager is more of a five. Right. You know, they, they could say he's more of a five. I do. There, there's – I think the reason why Bontrager is not a Division One kid is because he's kind of a tweener. He's he's undersized for his skill at that level, and I think he, he falls in nicely into uh, – you know, a, a nice D2 or, or D1 or D or NAI five man. And, and somebody who, if he can continue to stretch out his game, then changes it because I think he is athletic enough that he can, he can probably guard uh, perimeter forwards right. on, a, on a regular basis and, and not, and not get burned on switch, you know, on switches or, or, you know, hedges or blitzes, however, the people, however teams guard ball screens. So, but uh, yeah, speaking somebody else like that, Kaylee Okakalia from Marion. I feel like right. we've talked about him kind of yeah. often, but he's in that D3 area right now. I wouldn't be surprised if an NAI or two hopped in on him, but but that D3 is pretty good for him. I mean, they're going to get a good player there at that level for sure with his motor, and he's all over the place, I feel like. Defensively, he's tough. He can block shots. He's sneaky athletic like that. Long what, what's arms. The, what's the disconnect with him and – is it just – is it offensive skill? I would I know say, he, off, and he I was would say offensive skill. Yeah, and a little bit of injury. Lost some time I, with injury. Yeah, but I would say offensive skill set would probably be maybe the disconnect there between him and an NAI offer. His outside shot is definitely coming along, but, yeah. but, I, but I would say otherwise, yeah, it's probably the offensive part. Because he's got Adrian, Albion, and Trine right now, those D3s. Right. But I could see an AI sneaking in there, potentially. Something like I'm not sure why, like, like an IUSB or even like a Goshen or Holy Cross isn't on him. And maybe they are. I don't know. Right. High academic kid, too, which is why the D3s are on him. I think another kid we need to – Gabe Gillespie. Just because the player that we saw at the Bosco workout – we, we went to different practices. We weren't there the yep, same day. Yep. I don't know how he shot the one you went to, but the way he shot it, the one I went to, he's just a different player than what he was when he was at Andre. Um, now, I, did, I haven't seen him play school ball since first game of his sophomore year uh, when they lost to Lake Central. And I think, you know, Andre coming off a state championship, I think they felt like they were going to go in there and win that game. And that game did not go anywhere remotely close to the way they thought it would go. Um, and Gillespie, that game was basically attached to the paint the whole time. And now it looks like at Bosco, not and not just because of the size that they have, but his shot has really changed and come along. And and I, you know, and look, kids have to put that work in. Um, but they also need to have an, you know, be in an environment where they can utilize the, you know, the opportunities to, to take those shots too. So. Yeah, definitely. A really smooth looking shot now too. And his body, he's got a great body. It's definitely smoother. It's slow. It's a slow yeah. release, yeah. But, but he'll get, he'll get open and I mean, he'll get open looks with, with some of the stuff they do. And, you know, they've got, you know, we're going to hit on, we're going to hit on, 
three of their bigger kids here when we turn the page and go to the, talk about some of these centers. Um, but um, he is, um, he's just a different player. And I, I'll be curious to see how much playing time he gets for Bosco, how they utilize if they play him strictly at the three. And, and if, the, if some of those guards, um, you know, if they play a lot of those guards together, then it kind of squeezes him a little bit, but then they can also go small with him. Um, but I also think Babusiak is skilled enough for them to, um, for them to play him at the, at that second big spot, you know, especially alongside Mahoney, who we're, again, we're going to, as we turn the page to the center side here, we're going to, we're going to talk about a couple of those guys too. So. Right. I mean, talking about a different situation for Gabe, we talked about that. Was that last week or the week before with Clayton Boobash? I mean, coming over from Munster and getting a different chance at Bosco. So, I mean, right. it's helped out those two guys. And Boobash is post-grad, correct? Right. Yeah, okay. That's right. And they were all there. Right. And, and they did separate him. I was just trying to figure out which one's which. One's which so. I mean, Babuzi's um, got the College of St. Rose offer. Uh, he had PCL strain or something when I was there. You were there too, I believe, right? So we didn't – neither one of us got to see him play, but I know he's back in action now. Yeah. And Maravella sending videos. I mean, it's highlight stuff. Yep. You know, they, there's not a lot of bad plays in highlight videos. So, um, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing them play as a team. Let's Before we get too deep down the center rabbit hole, let's – Look at some of these other power forwards here. Any anybody else up north that um, that you want to take a crack at? I mean, I I can throw some names out too. Let me get back to our list here. I know I saw Matt Ross was one I like from Peru. Yeah, you did like him. Good. So he's got some skill that I could see playing at the well, next and, level. And Eric Thompson just gets the most out of pretty much any team yeah. he coaches. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Lady and Barnes is solid. He's a football player too for him and Morton, but he's a solid uh, basketball player. Blake Jacobs is a kid I really liked recently here from Northridge. He's got a great motor, great body, can shoot it too. Just a smart player. I really like Blake as a D3 or NAI kid. Um, I think that was about so, it. Yeah, Connor we got to reshuffle, reshuffle some of these names. Because <laughs> Joe Kelly is a kid that I've liked and, and, yeah, you got him way down there. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, some D three love. In, and in fairness to me, we just, at this point, some of this list is alphabetical too. Once right. once we get down, right. once we get past the guys that we think are D one, D two kids, it starts to get it starts to get alphabetical. So you you skipped over your boy Leaper. Leaper, yeah. I mean, he's getting tons of recruiting. So I don't. True. I, I thought we were talking about. Is that where? Yeah, we well, I think we've sort of meshed into the. We like that D three, or I'm sorry, not D three, not D three at all. D two NAI level. He's got a ton. I mean, that's of kind of where. Yeah. I mean, he was. I don't know when I saw him in June. He was he was he was okay. I mean, lawyer was just so impressive. It was. Yeah. He's gotten tougher since March. I mean, and I probably and probably stronger. His disposition, right? And he care. I mean, he was the difference when they played Carmel and the, the the Charlie Hughes deal. And Leaper, I mean, talking about lawyer was, and but Leaper's so active, um, and doesn't make mistakes defensively, right? And you know, be you know, offensively though most of what he does is just sort of attached around the paint that's that's the one thing um that's the one thing i see about him i mean he's got a little bit of everything he's got d2 d3 naia i know yeah. academically he's very strong so yep the yep. wabash the wittenbergs of the world are dipping in there uh, i know he's talked about wanting to commit sooner than later too yeah for what that's worth but I, I mean the great kid love love watching him play we always talk about motor and he's got that for sure loves dunking on kids that's that's good too <laughs> yeah well it's never a bad deal no i've never done it but it's never a bad deal so um 
All right, centers. Actually, a lot of Northern Indiana guys here, right? Yeah, we got Babuziak. We talked about him already. DJ Allen is he DJ Allen's committed for football already, right? Yeah, he's going to Rutgers. Rutgers. Okay, that's right. All right, so we need to get that in there. Um so Babuziak was hurt both when we both went there. Yep. We've always liked him. Both of yep. us have always liked him. Um it took until what a a late February run before we even before I even bumped Charlie Williams ahead of him on a list. Um, and I still part of me thinks Babuziak still has a higher ceiling. And and that's not a knock on Charlie. That's just right. Right. It's a different body type. He's he's extremely he's he's fluid off the dribble. Um, and I don't know that he's any more than a straight line guy. Uh, I don't think he's going to be out there breaking people down and changing directions and traffic and things like that. But he's he definitely is. He's a different player um, than he's different than Charlie, both in just how he's how he's used and, and even, you know, just his body, too. So and he's been he's been battling injuries as well the last right. couple of years. Right. I mean, it's got to be a surprise that Noah has one offer, though, right? I mean, I don't know Noah. when people would have seen him. I mean, COVID. I mean, listen, we're still. I mean, these guys have only had just until September four opportunities to be seen since their freshman year. You know, none of it. I mean, it was the two weekends in June when he, the two weekends in July, the three weekends. So five. I'm sorry. I don't know how much of that he was healthy for. So if he wasn't healthy, he's literally had no opportunities for college coaches to see him live since his freshman year. And I, I mean, I saw, I mean, in that regard, I can kind of believe it. I mean, you see right. some schools, I don't know how legitimate an offer is on a, to a kid when a, when a coaching staff hasn't seen you play yet, you know, now you kind of, some of them kind of got back in the corner because of COVID, but, but so that sort of changed some some dynamics. But I don't think these 2022 kids or 2023 kids are going to have extremely legitimate recruiting situations until people actually see them play. Even some of these 2023s that snapped up some some quick offers uh, back in the spring before people got a chance to watch them. Um, but yeah, Babuziak's. I think he's got a chance. So, I mean, I still look at him as a mid-major kid. I mean, uh, he's got to get some dog in him, I think, at least. That's fair. That's fair. But, again, we've not seen him play, you know. Right. Um, we've just not – we've not had a chance to see him play. But I, I, I think that's a fair statement. So, uh, bumping down, let's see, Northern Indiana kids – Jack Mahoney. Now, as we're recording, there's some evidence to suggest that he may be reclassing to 2023. In a prep school world without a whole lot of rules, there's nothing that says he can't do that. Um, he's, he's only going to be 17 when he graduates. If he stays in 2022, he'll only be 17 years old when he graduates. Right. So he is a prime candidate for a kid who might reclassify. Um, had you seen him much before you saw him at Bosco the yeah. other day? Yeah, I saw – I caught a couple uh, Lake Central games last year. Uh, yeah. Didn't get much play, really. I don't know. He just wasn't fitting in the system, or it was more Kyle Ross that was playing that role as, I guess, the big maybe. I don't he, – he just didn't get any touches maybe is what I want to say, especially in the post or, I mean, outside. He can shoot a little bit outside now too. So – I, I don't know if they didn't they weren't using him as much as they should have or, or what was going on at Lake Central but but uh, yeah I'd seen him a few times not really much to say that I got a good view of him though if, if that makes sense yeah just well in, in high school games I mean I've liked his size I've liked his hands he's 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 changing his body that's that's the one yeah. thing I noticed I mean I had seen him play a lot when he was a freshman yep he's changing his body. He's, he's getting quicker feet. I mean, his feet have been, I mean, he's basically, he got, he's a center. He's, 
That doesn't mean he can't be skilled. That doesn't mean he can't be a face-up center because he's got a nice shot. Uh, he's he's been iffy in the low post just because of con- just because of battling contact, but he's gotten tougher. Uh, we we both made a comment when we talked about our Bosco watching Bosco workouts that there were some there was some scuffling going on between players, right? Right. The, the practice yeah. I was at, it was Mahoney. It was Chippy. He yeah. Was, yeah, he was going at the post grad center that he was that he was competing against. And it, it got almost came to, it almost came to blows. And while you don't necessarily want, <laughs> you definitely don't want guys getting hurt, but it's, it's never a bad deal when you got guys that care that much yep. and, and don't back down. And, you know, again, can that manifest itself in a game and as in general, not just with Jack, but in general and, and lead to technicals and cost you possession. Absolutely. Um, but I've coached kids in the past that, you know, in practice is just another level because they're, they're, they're actually trying to get, not just get themselves better, but they're trying to get their teammates better and get their teammates, right. you know, hyped up a little bit. And right. I was impressed with his physicality, uh, it, it, what I saw and, and how that's changed yep. uh, over the time. And look, he may be, I'm going to use the word victim. That's probably way, way too harsh, but look, school coaches, have to win games to keep jobs, keep their jobs. And some of them have systems that, you know, that aren't as flexible as others, you know, or, or, or maybe, maybe Jack's skill set hadn't developed to the point where they were comfortable. Look, Charlie Williams went through a, a, a lot of growing pains this past year for Carmel. We talked about it. Um, Nick and I talked about it on when we did our recorded our part last week about how I think, Osborne, Coach Osborne wanted Charlie doing certain things before he was going to unleash the reins a little bit on Charlie, and he had to prove that he could handle it. And then he had some early foul troubles, and it just – it he was slow out of the gate. And I think that, you know, if, if Mahoney, if a kid is not going to play – I mean, look, if Charlie didn't get better, he probably would have had the same role that he had early in the year. I mean um, – but then, of course, by February, he was rolling. And, you know, Mahoney was a kid that, you know, Lake Central's a big school. They're competing against really good teams. They're, you know, they're in a good conference. And if he's not doing it, you know, if he's not getting stuff done, I could see a coach in that situation go away from it, especially in terms of, you know, wrapping any part of the offense around making sure you know, he gets, he gets opportunities, but, but man, he just looks like a different player now. And, and kind of from a skill set perspective has always been the kid that I've liked and just wanted to see him get tougher and get really compelled. Like you said about Babuziak, he could have more of a dog in him. He had a dog in him that, that workout. And if it, if it carries over, then, then great. And that's going to be a lot better for him. So, and like you said, he's, he's changing his body. He's trimmed down. He's very much. Yeah. Looks good. Looks, Looks good. Yeah looks good. I, I think that that comes look that we all have those of us that do that. We have to do it ourselves. <laughs> you know, you have to do it. Even if you got a workout guy, somebody that's doing it with you or to you or whatever, you still have to make the commitment. And, and, and in his case that he's doing a great job. So. Yep. What's your view on Baroni? He's interesting. Uh, he goes hard. I mean, long. He, he's, I don't know. He's t- tough to figure out, really. <laughs> we, yeah, we start. There's a, there's a valuation kind of joke that says the, the closer you get to the, the, the higher up the list, things like long length and motor are yeah. the, probably the, <laughs> the, the worst. You know, they're probably as a statement on the rest of their game. This is the one kid I can't wrap my head around. I mean, he's, yeah. He definitely has to mature into his body. Um, he's he's six ten, six eleven. He's got he's got good length. Uh, he's got to improve his hands. I mean, it sounds like we're crushing him, but I mean that's just the reality of it. And you know, same situation probably as Mahoney at Lake Central at Valpo. He wasn't getting a lot of run. Yeah, you all. know, and um. You know, Mason Jones playing behind Mason Jones and playing behind Mason's older brother who's going to play football at Indiana. 
um, you know, Coach Kuhlman making the decision. We, you know, this is the group of guys that we rely on to win games. And, 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 you know, Thomas wasn't that part of that group in large doses. Yep. Um, you know, there's the, the old adage, you can't teach size, right? But again, motor and, and, you know, his feet have to get better. Um, I, I think if he goes to college, you know, I shouldn't say if he goes, as he goes to college, he's definitely a redshirt candidate. I think he would have to be to continue to con- morph his body. So, um, not on, not unlike he's a lot. It looks a lot like Moratori, uh, uh, Moratori, who was at was at West Lafayette, yeah, and then just committed this past week to Stony Brook Division One school in New York. So he's just got his his center of gravity's high, and he just he's he's got to be able to handle contact better. So I do like that he posts hard now and commands the ball. But um, going from catch to shot right now is is still kind of a chore. But um, you know, he's it's intriguing size, and with Babuziak and Mahoney, you know, he'll be a guy that they can bring off the bench and and um, you know, absorb some minutes for them. So, anybody else? The the twenty twenty two center list is pretty thin, at least. And obviously, we're going to talk. I'm going to we're going to get some more talked about as we record the other segment, but, but any, anybody else, Northern Indiana strike your fancy. I didn't really see many other names that I, I remember when back on the power forward list, Connor Penrod was one I liked. Yeah. DeKalb. Uh, but I think that was it from the center list. Yeah. Cool. Well, Zach, I appreciate it as always. Uh, yeah. When we come when we come back, I'm going to let you go now. When we come back, we'll uh, continue to talk about some of these big guys, and and hopefully I'll have a little bit of an opportunity to chat. Hopefully I'll be joined by Nick. Um, we'll see what happens after this break. Zach, appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yes. Well, it looks like Nick isn't going to be joining us uh, this afternoon or or this session. Uh, he and I got our wires crossed on the uh, the timing of it, but um, wanted to talk some more about some of these 2020 big kids that and expand across the state uh, on what Zach and I had spoken about before the break. The From a power forward perspective, just looking at some of the Indianapolis area kids, especially Matt Spears, Aaron Humphreys, Antonio Lizenby, those three in particular, if you're looking at power forwards, all three of those guys have had, it's, you know, it ranges. I mean, Matt Spears has a Division One offer from Tulane. Aaron Humphreys has one offer from Trinity Christian, and and Antonio Lizenby, as of today, has no reported offers, and and you know, we keep going back and forth on on how much COVID impacted the ability to get to get um, exposure and 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 even play in bigger events, especially last year. Uh, you know. 2020 and, it, and it's still impacting the 2022 class these guys have still only had five weekends playing in front of college coaches and and you know and in Humphrey's case he he had a lot he had a lot of coaches that were interested in him and coming coming into this or coming out of July and I think that's going to follow through on into the school year because a lot of these guys had just seen him and for the first time and, you know, I don't think Spears and Lizenby are any, any different in that regard. Uh, I know in Lizenby's case, he had a, his, his game is expanding. It's, he's becoming more aggressive, playing with more of a motor than what he played when he was a little bit younger. And, and for him, it's, it's a maturation of, of just understanding the game and, and not being, you know, always the biggest kid on the floor. And I, what I liked about his his game now is he's just a much more of a bigger impact on the offensive glass than what he was when he was uh, a little bit younger. And, and it's going to translate because he's going to play with at tech this year. And he's going to be playing not just with Matt Spears, who's also going to be mentioned in the same conversation, but he's also playing with, with Reggie Bass and Rashid, Rashid Jones and, and Davion Turner, three, you know, skilled perimeter players. And I don't know, you know, if Lizenby is going to generate touches, he's going to, or if he's going to get touches, he's going to have to generate 
a lot of them himself. And that and that's going to be on the on the backs of being a very good rebounder. He's, I'm sure he'll be involved in some ball screen action, um, but but at the same time, he's he's probably going to be that one guy that kind of mans the paint on both ends of the floor. Spears one is is interesting because he's the one of the three that has division one offer. And, and what I like about his him at, at six, seven is his skill set. And he's got a lot of a lot of physical maturation to do. Uh, you know, he is he's long and, and still thin and he looks super young for a, a kid for basically a senior. I mean, he's a senior in high school. He looks super young. And, and at some point he's going to grow in to to that length he's going to start maturing he's going to start putting on um, man weight i guess is what we would call it um and you know not to mention any work that gets done in the weight room he's just going to progress physically and i think he has the higher physical ceiling of these three kids because he's he still has he's at least from an appearance standpoint he still looks like he has the most maturing to do and when you put in the fact that he's got a he's got a pretty fluid jump shot uh, and he's starting to do things off the dribble. You know, how much of that avail- is going to be available during the school year remains to be seen. He would be, you know, at a Division One level, he would be an ideal redshirt candidate, in my opinion, and and, and a guy that would benefit um, or, or even maybe a prep school if he didn't think his recruiting was going the way, or post-grad prep school, going the way that he, he thought it should go. So, you know, those three guys, to me, Humphrey's a little under, well, Humphrey's is a little under recruited because I think, you know, a lot of, there's no reason why the NAIA schools in this area shouldn't be on him. He's at, at that level. He is a, he's a, a combo forward. He's a kid that can score some in isolation. He shoots it well enough that if he's, if he gets a clean catch or clean look, he's going to be able to knock that down, certainly at an improved rate as he continues to work on a shot. He drives well. Um, and he, he's also a guy that can that would be able to post up matchups at that level. Uh, you know, it's hard to say sometimes why recruiting of a kid when you're not involved with him on a daily basis, it's hard to say why some of that stuff hasn't caught traction. But to me, he he would be a no brainer at that level. And I would think that if you had more faith, if you were of the, of the impression that you had faith in his perimeter development, then I could see Division Two's kind of taking a look at him because he's got a little bit of Jordash Mavunga in him, who was an, a 2015 grad, 2015 grad from Brownsburg. Took two years of junior college and ended up having a really good two years at, at University of Indianapolis. So, and and Spears, look, I mean, it's hard to say he's under recruited with the Tulane offer. I don't know if if that Division One offer has scared some others off. I, I do think that his upside's intriguing. Just from a physical standpoint, he probably has more to grow to his ceiling than those other two guys. Um, but, you know, those other guys are, uh, you know, I, I think all three of those guys should be getting more than what they're getting. So, uh, and, and just sort of to clean up some other names, Jeffrey Simmons, Fishers, he, he's, he is going to play football in college. Um, and we talked a little bit about, Gabe Gillespie at the um, up at up at uh, Bosco now up north. You know, it'd be nice if uh, it would have been it been good. Like Nick would have been talking about some of these other Southern Indiana kids. One one kid I like that's back in Central Indiana is Larry Pierce at University. Good athlete, very 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 smart kid, very smart kid, and. His game is smoothening it out, smoothening out as he gets older. He is he's basically what you would say a prototypical power forward would, would be very, very active. Probably in his case, he, he's got a little bit of. Um, well, I'm not going to make a comparison. He he is because he's going to be an NBA guy and I, I hate I hate that type of stuff. But but Pierce is a guy that can guard multiple positions. He doesn't need a lot of touches. He, he kind of reminds me of uh, here we go. He kind of reminds me of that active athlete that that Marcus Camby was early in his NBA career. Now that he's not at that level, I'm just saying that's the kind of guy he is. Where he keeps everything, keeps the ball moving. He's always he's never one that bogs down the offense. He doesn't need touches to be effective. Um, can definitely make plays vertically, and, and in his case, he's he's a good rim protector. 
and would be excellent, uh, you know, guarding out on the perimeter. Um, so th- those are the power forwards that I think should be getting more attention. Um, other guys that I think are going to have really good high school seasons, uh, Jackson Bobo at, at Lawrenceburg is going to is going to have a really good season this year. And it's not to say some of these guys haven't already, uh, but Kedrick Anderson is going to be a name that people will hear about from six uh, five senior from Anderson. Um, Brevin Hallett at at Blue River Valley, I think, is going to be you know he's already he's been producing, he's been playing varsity since his freshman year, and has put up good numbers each of the last two years. I look for that to continue, uh, and moving down the list, Joe Kelly at Fort Wayne Dwinger, we touched on him a little bit with Zach. He's going to be a kid that I think certainly division three level, those types of schools will be interested in him. Um, and looking down, Oh, my Mason K from heritage Christian. Um, then let me see if I can't throw a couple of Southern Indiana kids down here. Gavin Shippert at Evansville rights. He probably needs to be a little bit more in this conversation. He is, he would be good at a, a small school as a skilled four. He, he's a good shooter. He could put the ball on the floor. A little bit and and defensively he's he's definitely a willing defender i think he he will end up getting certainly some recruiting opportunities so i think that covers it from the from the power forward position now we're going to take a look at the center position here and, and sort of clean up some names in central indiana and southern indiana center wise isaiah davis is the is is one that we we touched on him a little bit. I know his recruiting is going pretty well in terms of at least volume. He's got he's got a couple of Division one offers, and he's then he's got the the gamut of of NAIA and um, and D um, and, and D three schools. So he's you know it's hard to say that he's being under recruited. I think I, I do think with his skill at six eight six nine, probably closer to six eight, at his skill level, he is going to be he would be a candidate to be sort of a pick and pop four at, at the division two level at the NAI level. He definitely is, is going to be a floor stretcher as a big and, and a guy who will probably be able to post matchups, uh, certain matchups. And, and that's one thing that I think he, when he came back in June, he had missed a lot of time due to an injury and it toward the end of the school season. And, and he missed most, he missed April and May effectively in AAU came back in June it looked really good. He looked way more aggressive than I had ever seen him play before. It was certainly more of an impact on the, um, certainly more of an impact on the, um, you know, on the, on the offensive glass. And I think that's where he has the biggest, the biggest improvement to go is, is that just being more impactful rebounding the ball. So uh, Ethan Oakley out of North Harrison, again, another kid that missed some time due to injury last year played behind uh, Langdon Hatton down there on what it was a very good North Harrison team. What, what I liked about Oakley in, the, in June was they ran a lot of offense through him. We, we have talked about him in the past as being kind of a sleeper kid. You know, I mean, obviously they have Logan McIntyre who's committed to Evansville. He will be, he will be their primary offensive score, but Ethan will be a guy that facilitates a lot of that and they will run a very uh, untraditional offense. They've got good length at other positions. They've, they've got uh, Caleb Kellums, who's a six foot four inch combo guard for them. Does a lot of primary ball handling for them at six four as as a junior, but then a lot of it ends up in Oakley's hands, and and he is an excellent passer. He's involved in dribble handoff game. This is all that was going on in June, so I, I would assume that this is going to be something that is that is you know explored during the school season. So Oakley, right now, just I mean, he is not had a chance to get seen at all he's been injured and then and this was his first full summer I think he played for a southern Indiana team this this past summer you know and I'm not really sure what events they played in but I think look if you're especially if you're in the crossroads league you need to be looking at him um, and and if you're division two I would definitely be taking my peek in on him as well Alex Covey at a, at a try west pretty sure he's going to be a football kid in high school or in college so I don't want to say we'll skip him, but at the same time, I think that's where his biggest ceiling is. Raiden Faust from Fountain Central or Fountain, I'm sorry, Fountain Central, Fountain City, 
where Northeastern High School is. So he's Northeastern. He has the offer from Indiana East, and then he has the three Division three offers. And again, he's a lot like he's a little bit like Isaiah Davis in terms of just his skill set. He's not really a post player. He is more of a face up guy. He is more of a definitely has three point range, and is a kid that you know can even drive a little bit on tight closeouts. And I think defensively will be the question as to what he can guard at at higher levels. And I think that's maybe where some of the reluctance of the crossroad leagues comes in. If he maybe not knowing what position he is defensively, but offensively, um, you know, he could be used in a lot of different ways. Um, Southern Indiana kid. I'm going to pronounce, I'm going to screw up the pronouncing of his last name. Probably Wesley Chelachowski from Floyd central. This kid last year, he is, he's come a long way right now. He's his recruiting is, I mean, he's got an offer from Marion. So one of the best, NAI teams in the country is, is offered him. And I think they, you know, he, when you look at what his, what his um, improvement has been just in terms of motor, in terms of changing his body, getting quicker. Um, he's, he's a physical kid. He's willing to be physical and he's, you know, offensively, he's more of a secondary option in terms of probably going to be if he's ball screening or if he's just screening to get people open and then being like a sort of a duck in guy, I, I think that's going to be primarily where he he does his work, especially in college. Uh, he could be he could be a factor in the offensive glass with his length. I don't think he'll ever really be a guy where you just kind of set things up to go through him, but at least in college, I definitely can see him getting some of those opportunities in high school just because of his length. And if he's as physical on offense as he's willing to be on, as he showed he was willing to be on defense in June, then you know I think that's that's an opportunity where, you know, you really could see him, you know, blossom down at Floyd central this year as, as a senior. Uh, we, we talked a lot about Babuziak and Mahoney and Baroni and Barone from, from all those guys are at Don Bosco, DJ Allen, Leo is going to be, is, is going to play in football. He's already committed to Rutgers for football. Charlie Williams is already committed to William and Mary. Um, you know, the only, one of the only, you know, this is why we combine the power forwards with the with the um, centers. There's just not a lot in this state. And Dayton Devon at, at Mooresville is is one to also keep an eye on. Um, big strong kid, you know, and and as if he can improve his his quickness and and improve his you know and change his body, then he would be a guy too. I could see you know definitely some Division three schools taking a look at him. And, you know, and, and as we talk about the schools at the Division three level, a lot of these schools don't really know how much money they have available in their budget. They, you know, they can't offer athletic scholarships, but, you know, what they are able to do is, is, you know, they are able to be in situations where they know how much of school money can go to the kid, you know, how much, you know, how much grant money might be available. But, you know, that's a lot of that stuff doesn't get figured out until, until Christmas break. So, um, I mean, that about does it. I mean, it's it's, you know, there's not a lot of size in the 2022 class. I think that um, what size there is, mo much of it is in northern Indiana. And, you know, a lot of the, the bigger kids in, in the Indianapolis area are even like more skilled, like even a Deontay Davis, who's six, seven, six, eight, still projects more to be a three. Um, so it's not like it's completely devoid of size, but, but, you know, that's still looking at these guys. I think those were some of the kids that we, that we want to, we obviously talked about mostly just the kids who were uncommitted, but also wanted to talk about them in the context of, did we think the recruiting was on track to where they, what kind of player we think they project to be, or, or was it that they're a little bit under recruited? So, I would say right now, a lot of them are being under recruited just because they're underexposed. And as they get more exposure, uh, they'll have more opportunities. And, and, and I, you know, we, we beat the, the COVID dead horse, uh, you know, we beat the COVID horse to death and, but it, you know, it's very real and it's going to be, um, I don't know, maybe the class of 2023 will catch up in, in terms of the exposure they're getting, um, but, you know, even they missed, missed their freshman year and half of their junior, you know, half of their sophomore year in terms of um, like exposure during the, during the spring and summer. Um, but anyway, we, um, 
I mean, that's going to pretty much wrap up this podcast. Let me get let me get our reads out real quick. Backs Out Sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. As Zach likes to remind everybody, it's not just for basketball. It could be for um, any sport, really. And if you're an athletics director, you should definitely take a look at that or, or anybody that run, runs a, a club or organization. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate ratings and reviews, as always. Love to get those, love to get five-star reviews. If you have any content suggestions, although we're getting to the point now where, I mean, we, we pretty much have the content coming to us. Um, you know, we're, we're getting real close to basketball season. We're going to have four weeks of fall league. The Metro Indie Basketball Fall League is going to be up and running, and we're going to have um, we're going to have weekly reports on that with some other with some other members or some other guests. And and basketball season, high school basketball season, will be here before you know it. So, but still, if you have any content suggestions, you can reach us on Twitter at Courtside Ind. Again, that's Courtside Ind. Those that listen every week, we appreciate it. Those that are listening for the first time, hopefully you come back and, and give us a subscription. Until next week, appreciate you listening. Yeah.